Good morning. Well, today is uh, relationships, part three, marriage. Uh, a lot of you are married. A lot of you maybe desire to be married. A lot of you don't want to be married. Don't, don't say that if you're sitting next to the one you're with, okay? But I always want to bring a word in season and out of season. We need to hear about marriages, whether we're married or not, because there's always principles of the kingdom in whatever subject we cover. So if you're not married this morning and have a desire for that one day, or you used to be married, or you're just in, it's just really a picture of our relationship to Christ, so I believe God will speak to you, hopefully in powerful ways. I saw this one thing about, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, it said, because you know, we on the front end, you know, man, marriage and couples stand before me when I perform their ceremonies, and oh, they're all giddy and goo-goo-eyed, and you ask them, well, how long have you been married? Oh, I've been married a month, you know, and they're still all goo-goo-eyed, you know, and Somebody said, man, how are you so just giddy? How are you so just in love? I said, well, you know, we, we don't really know each other yet. And, uh, but, and that's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but there is some truth in that. I, I heard this. I thought it was funny. It says, all of us fall in love with the front end of a puppy. Just think about that this morning. We fall in the, okay. All right, if you don't understand that, ask your mom and dad. They'll, they'll tell you about it later. Okay. Relationships, marriage. I like this. Joyce Meyer had a book one time she wrote called Help Me. I'm married. And I thought about that. It's a great word. Help me is a powerful couple of words, isn't it? Help me. <laughs> and so you're like, help me, Jesus. That's even better, okay? I, I remember when my oldest daughter got married. I told this story before. A lot of you haven't heard it. We were in a big Methodist church, First Methodist over in Cloverdale. I got ordained there many years ago as a Methodist pastor, and she fell in love with that edifice and says, Dad, I want to get married there one day. That's fine. And she got married there, and there's a big, long aisle, and she's coming down it. And I always dreamed of walking my daughter down the aisle, and I walked my daughter down the aisle, and, man, that was awesome. Man, I'm, like, crying in the back, using tissue. Dad, Dad, control yourself. And, uh, and I loved Jeremy. It wasn't I was upset. I was just it's my little girl. I was giving her away, you know. And uh, so we're walking down the aisle, and we get down there, and we meet the other pastor, and I slip around to get in my robe. And if you ever come to a wedding, I do, I wear a robe. I mean, I'm very <laughs> clergy-like. I know it's a little scary. And uh, so I went in to get my robe, and when I did, I'm all mic'd up, and, and, and I'm doing this, and I'm real nervous because, you know, like, this is my daughter's day, and I'm doing this. And I remember those words, help me, Jesus. Now, you don't think that's very funny. 400 people heard me say, help me, Jesus. And I stepped out, and my daughter's looking like, Dad, I can't believe you said that. Just praise the Lord. I said, help me, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So here it is. Help me. I'm married. And I'm not going to ask anybody to go, man, I, I need this word. So let's, 10 ground rules here. I, I've got a lot of material. Uh, Billy Graham, we always think of Billy Graham. We think of Jesus and the apostles and all the different ones in Scripture, and you always kind of, and then you, you, you kind of slide Billy Graham in, because you just like him and Ruth when she was living, and now Billy's really, really old. But man, what an incredible ministry of integrity and Christ-exalting preaching. But he, somebody asked him one time, says, Billy, has divorce ever come up between you and Ruth? And he thought about it for a minute. He says, no, but murder, Yes. And, you know, sometimes marriage can be like that. I mean, you know, you just, you just got to think about it. One person said marriage is not easy. Stage one's the honeymoon, Song of Solomon. <laughs> Pretty cool. Stage two, Proverbs 27, despair, not so good. Stage three, deeper love, 1 Corinthians 13. 
That's where God wants to take you and me, if we're in marriage relationship or desire to be there one day to a deeper love, the love of the Savior. What goes wrong in marriage? This isn't in your notes, just trying to set you up. Many times there's unrealistic expectations. I've met with many married couples and pre-engaged couples over the years, getting them ready to make their covenant. And it's amazing how unrealistic so many of them are. So we talk about realism and what it means to be married and the joys of that and the trials and the challenges. Even when you think about the unrealistic, I just want you to think, my daughters have been in a lot of weddings. They've got a lot of friends over the years. And there's something about that day. The bride is the centerpiece. And she's the beautiful one. She, her hair, her makeup is without flaw. I mean, everything is just perfect. And you're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then you have those beautiful girls, and they're called bridesmaids. Now, I'm just saying, some of the dresses are not the most... Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Okay. And here's what I've really noticed. You don't ever see the bridesmaids wearing those dresses after that day. You know what I'm saying? Because, and, and they are pretty. I'm kind of making fun of it. But it's really to adorn and to point toward the bride. You know what I'm saying? So you can go into marriage with all kinds of expectations, and guys have these expectations, and girls do. And then you get married, and you're like, whoa, the two becoming one, and conflict, and two sinners forgiven by the grace of Christ coming together, and it just can become a challenge. So unrealistic. Secondly, unaccepted differences. You, you put opposites together. They teach us in science that opposites attract. My wife and I, we're very, very different. We have a huge common mission. It's Jesus. He trumps everything else. I love her deeply. She loves me deeply. It has to. She's been putting up with me for 36 years. Don't laugh. Okay. But, but when you think about it, opposites, they attract. And we have to work through these differences. And sometimes it's a, like, anyway, I'll keep going. Third, uh, the third thing here, unresolved issues. Sometimes you go into marriage and there's unresolved conflict from the past. So I encourage you to do counseling before you get married or, or to work through that and say, man, we've got to get through these issues. They're, they're, they're using too much emotional energy in our union. Fourth, unforgiven hurts. It's probably the worst sin in marriage, unforgiveness. You just hold on to it. It's called grudges. And you don't release it. And it festers and it grows. And it blossoms and it matures. It's never very pretty. But I'll talk about forgiveness later. Ten ground rules. Let's start on those. Number one, keep on removing the distractions. I talked about that a little bit last weekend about parenting. But I think about in marriage, if we want to have a good, solid, healthy marriage, we've got to remove the distractions. And, you know, you might think, but, but Pastor, I'm really good at multitasking. Everybody tells me or I tell myself. Okay. In the day and age that we live now, everybody multitasks. With our devices, we multitask at high levels. Right now, some of you are multitasking while I'm preaching. I understand that. Everybody's like, Pastor, did you see the person on the third row? He was on his phone. She was on her tablet. Well, let me just go ahead and tell y'all something. I don't see you. These lights are so bright in my eyes, I, I, I see silhouettes. I've trained myself not to stare at you because you get uncomfortable. And I do too sometimes. But distractions. Let's look at this picture here. The slide's going to come up. Hmm, hmm. There it is. Most of us have those. Look what Dave Willis said. 
Put down your cell phones more often. Talking with your spouse is always better than texting with someone else. And don't go, you think so? No, no, you're supposed to say, you're right, honey. Right, or whatever. You just have to put them down. Years ago, when I went through premarital, when Don and I got married 36 years ago, we didn't even know what cell phones were. <laughs> you're saying, well, you're old. I understand that. I mean, you know, that wasn't something. I mean, there's other things we had to try, but now we're just like you. We have that distraction of cell phone. Got a text, got a text, got an Instagram, got a tweet, got a, you know, get a picture, send a picture. You know, it's just, it's awesome. But it's distractional. Let's look at the second one. Keep on paying attention. Keep on paying attention to your spouse. You're saying, well, that, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Keep on paying attention. I paid her so much attention to get her, she knows I pay attention. You're not very smart. you got to pay attention every day. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 7.33 says in 34. I, I love this translation. It says, marriage involves you in all the details of domestic life and wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. Paul's talking about marriage. He goes, you know, stay like you are. You're going to have a lot more um, demand on your time and attention when you get married. But it is good to be married. And the Bible said it is not good for a man to be alone. So God is very for our singleness and he's very for unions. But it is a lot of demands. How many of you would agree that being married takes a lot of time and attention? Well, excuse me? Yeah, if somebody said something, I, I, I might get him in trouble, so I won't quote it. Okay. Just show you care by being aware. Don't you like that? Show you care by being aware. Hey, I'm going to pay attention to you. I mean, how many times has your wife told you something, guys, and you were clueless? This morning, my wife and I had a discussion about something this summer that dummy did. I do a lot of dumb things. This is just one that I'll share from the platform today. I love to read, and so does my wife. When we go on beach trips in the summer, I love to sit at the guff in a chair and read, and she does, and devour books and walk and just enjoy our grandkids and kids, and it's just, it's just fun. Well, I was reading this book that our leadership team, we're going to meet this afternoon as soon as I finish this service, I was reading this book called Simple Church, and I was intrigued. Usually I don't read real churchy books. I try to read Christian books and other kind of books. But, I, but anyway, I was reading this book. I, was just, I, just, I needed to get through it. It was uninterrupted time. So I was focused. My wife is reading a great marriage book. I didn't notice. And she read it. And then she put it on the coffee table. Now, I'm a little slow, guys. That was probably to tell me, you probably should read this. She goes, it's an excellent book. She was telling me. And she did a great job. I didn't hear. So this morning we had a little discussion about it. Because the other day I got this book. <laughs> like, finally he gets it. Francis Chan and Lisa Chan, You and Me Forever. Hey, guys, I'm a Francis Chan fan. I bought so many copies of Crazy Love, I almost went broke. This is a great book, guys. Gals, get it. It'll encourage your marriage. And the church said, just trying to endorse the book. I'm trying to help the boy, okay? But more than that, it'll help you. So I just thought I'd share that with you. So keep paying attention. Listen to James 1.19. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. All the stupid people stand up with me. No, no, don't do that. I answer stuff all the time before I hear the end of the sentence. I know better, but I do it. 
So I'm trying to encourage us. Listen to James 1.19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. How many of you are really good girls and women and men and guys at listening? Yeah, that's what I thought. And God says be quick to do that. Because in this area, you pay attention. Look at the third one. Keep on making adjustments. Isn't life all about adjustments? We're constantly making adjustments in our family. We're making adjustments in our budget. We're making adjustments in our schedules. We're making adjustments in our time. We're making adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. Marriage is an opportunity to do that. 1 John 3, 18 says, Our love should not just be words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. And to show ourselves in action, we have to adjust. We have to become more selfless. We have to become more sacrificial. We have to die to ourselves. We have to consider the other one better than ourselves. And this is a great principle for marriage, but it's just a great principle for being a believer in Jesus and saying, Lord, I want to make adjustments. I want to, uh, Ephesians 5.21 from the Living Bible says, honor Christ by submitting one to the other. Look at the fourth one. Now, this is, this is, they, there are seminars on this. I, I, I'm not very good at this one. But we, we could talk about it for weeks and we could just have you come up and share your experiences and your insights and we could go to seminars in the, in the smallies that stood on this stage. They talked about communication. So I want to share that with you. Keep on communicating honestly and openly in a gracious manner. Communication probably gets a lot of us in more trouble than we want to admit. So here are some things from Jimmy Evans. I, I found this guy years ago. He's a great pastor, but he's a great marriage expert. He I bought so much of his stuff. I've listened to it. I've studied it. I'm trying to learn it. I'm trying to put it into practice. And, and, and I'm not a real good practitioner a lot of times. I want to be. I want to be more. How many of you want to be more this morning? Okay. Let me try that again. That's not rhetorical. How many of you want to be more today than you are were when you came in? If, if y'all didn't raise your hand, then I'm thinking, well, I don't know why they came. Because I mean, like, we want to be more like Jesus. So listen to this. Here, here's some points. Communication eye contact. I make great eye contact with my spouse. I'm not more interested in ESPN. Hey guys, I'm trying to help you and me. I, 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 this week preaching on this subject has been challenging for me and I can't wait to, after I walk off the stage how many times these scriptures will come back to me or you will call me and go, hey pastor, remember point seven. We need to talk about that again. I understand. Okay. Look at eye contact. Number two, affection and body language. Three, countenance. The look on your face. Think about the, the countenance that you have when you talk to your spouse. Four, voice level. Does your voice rise? Does it stay the same? Does it rise with encouragement or, or with a shout? Fifth, frequency of contact. There's good contact. Six, attitude towards serving and pleasing the other. Very important. Seven, sensitivity to their desires, to their needs. Just asking clarifying questions that, Lord, this is my friend. I want to build a relationship that's deeper with more meaningful communication. So it's going to take me communicating even when I feel like I don't want to. I know a lot of us guys, we, we spend a lot of time, especially for young moms. I mean, we, we just have to get in their world. We, guys, we've never been women. Praise God. No, I'm saying I, we don't want to convert and be women. No, no, no. That, that's the whole gender thing is freaking me out, okay? I'm talking about, I love women, but they're, they're, they're different than us. They're made different. We're made different. And here's the great thing about women. Women, especially when they're in a home, they have all these kids. They don't have a lot of adult talk sometimes. And when, they come, when we come home, they want to hear from us. They want us to talk to them. Has any of you ever heard that before, guys? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And we want to go, I want to see 
what's on TV? I want to do this. I want to go out and run. I want to go play golf. I want to do that. And she's like, I need communication. Uh, guys, I, we, we could spend all day on that. Anyway, here it is. But our words can poison or prohibit our relationship. Our words can, can poison the other one. It can hurt them. It can damage them. Our words are so powerful. We, we talked about that last weekend with, with kids. So let's continue to go. But we get locked into a cycle if we're not careful here. So he says, keep on communicating. Let's look at this next one. Keep on showing affection. Lord, help me to show affection to my other. In ways that honor you, that, that honor them, that, that bless them. Lord, let me know what to do and have proper timing and, and how to do that and to be honest and to be genuine. The, the scripture right here says, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife, over in the King James Version. So there, there, there is that connotation, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it today because I've got, I'll, I've got probably some kids in here and they should be over next door. And uh, so I won't. But the whole thing is, I just want you to write this down because I need to be reminded of this often as a male. Write down the initials N-S-T. N-S-T. Now, I'm going to teach you something that, that could help all of us. You know what NST stands for? I was talking to a men's group one night, a lot of men. I was, I was talking about marriage and sexuality and that kind of thing. And, and then I said, okay, I want to talk to you about a term, NST. And I said, what is NST? And the guy in the back, he waves his hand. He goes, I know, I know. I go, what? He goes, no sex tonight. I said, no, 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 that, that's not, no, 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 no. Mess me up. I said, meeting's over now. Let's go home. That wasn't what it meant. It meant this, non-sexual touch. It just tenderness and gentleness and affection for my spouse, for my wife. It blesses her because every study that I've read in the last 30 years is the number one need in a woman is affection from her husband. Just affection. Just, Lord, I want to honor you. I want to, I want to be a blessing to you. I don't want to hurt you. I want to rekindle our love. Five needs, top five needs of a wife. These vary in different studies, but definitely affection, conversation, honesty, openness, financial support, family commitment. Five needs of a wife. Does anybody want to guess the top need of a man? Could, could any man in here this morning think you might know? Excuse me? What, what would it be? Here it is. Recreational companionship. No, that's not it. That's number two. It's sexual fulfillment, recreational companionship, attractive spouse, domestic support, admiration and respect of my wife, that she admires me as her man, as her one that treasures and honors her. Then, so I, I kept thinking about that, hugging, how important hugging is. Hugging, this morning I even encouraged you to hug one another. Did you notice that? I set you up. Not in a romantic kind of way. If somebody went, hey, I hugged my wife this morning, my future wife, I claim her in Jesus' name. Well, you, you know, I don't think it quite works like that, but okay. I mean, I, I've talked to people that are like, yeah, I, was, I walked across the room and I saw her, I said, that's the one for me. I remember the story of E.V. Hill, the great preacher from Dallas, Texas one time. His best friend was dating this girl and he walked in the library one day and he saw her, he said, hmm, that's the girl for me. He says, but I'm dating her. He said, you better find you a new one. And he married her and made that guy be his best man. That is, there's something wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? That, that is, that's called sick, okay? But 
he went on to be a great preacher of the gospel and Jesus used him. Look, listen to this. Hugging is healthy. It relieves tension. It combats depression. It reduces stress. It improves blood circulation. It's invigorating, rejuvenating, elevates self-esteem, and generates goodwill. Is that a few good reasons to hug somebody? And some of you are like, well, I'm going to go hug a tree. Well, I don't think that's going to quite do the same. And you moms, you know when you hug your children. I know as a grandfather, I love to hug my babies. Man, I just thought right now I want to just walk over to the nursery and go hug them. But I, would met, but I would not be kind to the people over there. So here's the whole principle of physical touch. And, 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 on, and, and then I, I was thinking about all the years I've counseled. And I have premarital and marriage counseling, and, and that's good. But sometimes when they come in marriage counseling, it ain't so good. And, and so, so one time, I remember I had this couple come in, and, and they sat on the couch, and they sat at opposite ends of each other. And they snarled at each other the whole meeting. Oh, it was, it was just so fun. I, I, want, I just wanted to quit and let somebody else come do what I was doing. And then I had this brilliant idea. I said, I want you to reach out, and I want you to touch, and I want you to hold hands. And they told me this. I don't want to. And I said... I didn't ask you if you want to. I told you to. See, you don't really want to come see me as a counselor, okay? And they reached over and they held each other. And over the next 30 minutes, we worked, began to work through issues. And I literally saw hard hearts begin to release. I didn't understand it. Since then, I've asked a lot of couples to do that. I've found some research backs up what I've been thinking. Now, you medical people know that I, I, I suspected that chemicals were released in the brain. Something was happening good. And it's oxytocin. It gets released into our bloodstream when we have physical touch. That whole dopamine reward system. It perceives pleasure. It makes us more than just feel good. Listen to the other uh, byproducts of, of touch in appropriate ways. I love this. It lowers the levels of stress hormones in your body. It reduces blood pressure. It improves your mood. It increases tolerance for pain. And perhaps maybe even speeds up the healing process in the physical body. God, do you think the God of heaven that loves us more than we could ever love ourselves or love him, do you think God has built some of that stuff in with the power of touch? How many believe he has? I do with all my heart. Yeah, so you go study on this. It's just, it's fascinating. So here it is. Keep on showing affection. Now let's look at the sixth one. We'll do this one quickly. Keep on giving affirmation. I mean, you just encourage every day. Hebrews 13, uh, 3.13, Proverbs 12.25. A word of encouragement does wonder, says the Living Bible. 2 Corinthians 7.4. I have great confidence in you, and I have a lot of reasons to be proud of you. And that's great words for relationships, married or not married. I just want to affirm you. I just want to give affirmation. So I just asked the question of myself, am I an encourager or a discourager? You only got two choices, encourage or discourage. You got a 50-50 chance. And I pray we'll move over to the encourage. The definition I learned many years ago is the best definition I've ever heard. What is encouragement? It's putting courage back into the heart of another person that's lost it. I put courage into their heart and as christians i believe we begin to put the the presence and the love of christ through us as he lives through us back into the heart of people it's it's powerful look at seven 
Keep on taking responsibility and apologize with sincerity and with grace. I know a lot about this. I mess up a lot. Do I have a witness in here today? The power of forgiveness lies in the ability to replay God's forgiveness over and over. I have been forgiven much, so therefore I should forgive much, and so should you. I remember the guy, Henry Nowen, that I read in seminary, and I've never forgotten. He wrote the great book, The Wounded Healer. But he also said this one time, Forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. And because we love poorly, we must forgive frequently. Isn't that good? Because, you know, guys, the truth is, and gals in this room, women and men, we mess up a lot. We're in need of forgiveness. And we love poorly, if we're really honest. But when we love well, and when we forgive well, Jesus gets a lot of praise. So, Lord, help us to be loving and compassionate, not stubborn and sinful as we're prone to wander from the truths of Scripture. Help us to love you, to be I pray that marriage could become the union of two good lovers that they, and they forgive. They're, they're forgivers. They, they, they forgive much because they've been forgiven much. A lot of times I've been in Christ so long I forget about how great the grace of Jesus is. Of course, I praise him a lot for his grace and I thank him for his grace, but then sometimes I abuse that grace and maybe you do too. And God says, I want you to remember how much I forgive you and how much I love you and that one of the greatest stories of the Old Testament is the story of Joseph and how he forgave his brothers. And I don't understand that love except to say it's the supernatural love of the Father. That he could forgive his brothers that did him so wrong. Go home and read Genesis and you'll see the account of Joseph's life. It's powerful. But it's just as real for us this morning in marriage when we forgive one another, when we apologize, when we take responsibility, there's healing. So Lord, forgiveness, write down this thought, forgiveness announces the gospel. When you and I forgive one another, when we forgive our mate, we pronounce, we announce the gospel to the world. Because the gospel is about forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sins. So God, thank you for that. I, I like this. Being humble like Jesus makes that our goal in marriage. What matters most to us? Is it winning arguments or resembling Christ? In Francis Chan's book, he talks about, I am competitive. I love to win at everything. And sometimes that's not very good. And I'm very sarcastic, he says, in the things that I do to my wife. And sometimes I think I will just silence her. Not very smart. So I'm just wondering, are there some people here today that you're good at winning the argument? This is women or men. But you're not reflecting and resembling Jesus. This is a really tough message for me to preach, guys, because I fall short of the glory of God. I fall short and honoring my spouse the way that I've promised to do, that I desire to do, that I pray continually for, because she's the treasure. Your wife is the treasure, guys. Can all the guys say amen? That's the goal, guys, to treasure. So God, help us to do that with honor. ABC's to help. I'm going to give these to you. Responsibility on our part. The A, accept responsibility for my part. Just accept the responsibility. We've got to buck up and do that. That's for both of us. You know, the grass is always green on the other side, right? Well, what are the grass on your side? What? Somebody said, no, the grass is always green over the septic tank. Well, that, that too. But I think I need to water the grass in my yard. I like my neighbor's yard. My, my neighbor has a sprinkler system. It's really cool. He makes a lot of money, and he spends a lot of money on this water bill. And sometimes I get the byproduct of it because it, it slopes into my yard, and I go, thank you, Jesus. 
It just doesn't water the whole yard. But I wish it did. Just, just a thought. What are yours? Secondly, believe God can change my marriage. Do, some of you came today, and I, I don't know that you believe that God can change your marriage, but God can, because I believe we serve a God that he loves to do the impossible, and he loves to do miracles, and he can change our marriage. I, I like what Matthew 19, 26 says. Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Can you just turn to the person next to you and say, everything is possible with God? Tell him, yeah. It is. And some of you are going, man, that's a good word, man. I ain't married, but man, everything's possible. God, I, I'm going to pass geometry this year. You know God shows up in geometry class. It makes no sense. At least it didn't to me. I know some of you are coming like, let me show you about theorems. Let me show you how this. I don't care, don't understand it. My brain don't work that way. Help him, Jesus, to do something else. All right, here you go, see. Commit to doing whatever it takes. Commit. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we reap a harvest. D, deal with unresolved hurt. i got to move on because I, I want to get somewhere with you. E, enlist support from others. By wisdom, a house is built. If you're in trouble, reach out for help. It just is the right biblical thing to do. Eight, keep on following Jesus. How critical is that? Follow Jesus. We're doing a whole series on Wednesday night if you haven't joined a small group yet. We're upstairs at 615. We have a lot of hosts of small groups here. Man, join one. Be a part. Follow Jesus with other believers. It's critical. Now, let's move on to this. I want you to see this with me. Following Jesus. Right now, did, I, need, I need a couple that's animated to come forward quickly. I need an animated couple to come forward. Come on, you're killing me. Come on, come on. An animated couple, a married couple, come forward quickly. You gotta have your wife. Come on. I mean, you, uh, you can't. All right, here we go. All right, come, come. I love. Co yeah, come on. Put your hands together. Here we go. She's animated. You, you are. I love it. Come on. Come on up here. Now, I, I want to give y'all something. Here we go. All right, you ready? All right. Here's what I want to do. Wrong one. All right. Now, I want you to hold that. Okay. And I want you to hold that. All right. Now, in a minute. All right. Now, can y'all see Dan and Christy? You're right about that. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. All right. Don't talk to me right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> You're awesome. See this? Now, this right here, I, I love this illustration. I picked this up the day, and man, this just, this just made sense to me. And I think it's going to make sense to you. And right, Dan, Dan, don't worry. It's going to be okay. And Dan's sitting there looking at that bucket going, man, what am I doing? And, 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 and is this, I want y'all to just kind of try to, try to take your instrument there and act like you're putting something in here so get her yeah all right come on dan come on man y'all get animated all right what are y'all doing i want you to look at him dan dropped his <laughs> didn't a man do that okay now <laughs> all right now, th that looks fun doesn't it now y'all can stop the hour way okay all right now turn turn yours back around this way I'm, there you go all right now here's what happens i hear it all the time dan there you go I hear people all the time, I want to get married. They're going to complete me. They're going to fill my tank. And they're like, fill me, Christy, fill me. Dan, fill me, fill me, fill me. Man, I'm going to tell you what, you're running around trying to fill. It ain't happening, guys. You're like, but, but we're still in love. Well, let me tell you, I, I think we got it wrong. Because at best, we're doing about an inch on the bottom. But Dan, Dan's romantic, okay? 
So Dan's, he's, he's got it happening. Dan's a two-inch man. He's got, he's got two inches of, he's feeling, he's, you're filling her bucket. Yeah, there you go. And you see how ridiculous that looks like. Man, there's no way. But here's what I think could happen in all our marriages if we want to do it God's way. You know what needs to happen? Dan needs to have an affair with God. I <laughs> got you, didn't I? Dan needs to have a deep love affair, romance with God. And you know what God will do? God will just start filling that bucket, filling that bucket, and it's full. Now, Christy, she needs to have a love affair or an affair with Father God. And God fills her up. But still, you're saying, man, that's awesome. So out of fullness, the fullness of Christ, they love each other instead of Christy. Like, Dan, you got to meet all my needs. Dan, meet all my needs. Christy, you meet all mine. We're not designed to meet everybody's needs. But listen, listen, marriage is still needed. God still gives us like a couple of inches at the top. And that's for Dan to do just a little bit of this. And then Christy goes, hey, I'm going to give you a little bit. And then marriage comes pretty cool because we operate out of the fullness of God. Isn't that a great illustration? But listen to this. Here's, here's what I wanted to show you. See, I got so excited about this. I forgot, this is the part. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's right, Keith. Do your illustration and then you forget the main part. Here it was. So I've already told you. Ah, right, come on. Here we go. This represents God. And God can fill that puppet. You go ahead and use your little turkey baster. It ain't going to do squat. God just wants to fill you. And God is an ultimate filling God. Let's give God some praise this morning. Okay. Thank y'all. Thanks, everybody. All right. Y'all are beautiful, man. Thanks for doing that. Their life will never be the same. I heard Dan say, hey, we're going to get one of these turkey basers and we leave here. This is awesome. No. All right. I know you're going, man, help him, Jesus. I, I, that's a good prayer. You should always pray that for your pastor. Number nine. Quickly. Keep on attending church together. Don and I have heard this so many times. Y'all going to church tomorrow? We, we don't know. We're going to decide tonight, maybe in the morning. Can I just tell you, that's stupid. I determined when I met Jesus Christ, I was going to be in the house of God every time it opened that I could be there. I wanted to worship and I wanted to be with his saints. Amen? Attend church together. Couples that do that, they have a greater chance of making their marriage work. So attending church together. I could talk about that forever, but I've got to move on for sake of time. And then I want you to see the tenth one. Keep on praying. Establish daily habits of prayer. Just continue to pray. Continue to confess your sins. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It bonds us. This whole prayer thing is so what it's about. I want you to see the quote from R.A. Torrey. I wish I had seen this when I wrote the book Neology because this would have probably been on the front page. I love this quote. I want you to read it with me. Will you read out loud with me? The reason why many fail in battle is because they wait until the hour of battle. The reason why others succeed is because they have gained their... Yeah, that, that, that's a word I didn't ever learn at seminary. They, sorry. They, they gained... I was sitting there looking at it like, Jesus, you got to help me because I don't know what that means. I, <laughs> I, I'm a little tired here. They, here, let's do it. Succeed is because, come on, 
they have gained their victory on their knees, thank you, before the battle came. Anticipate your battles. Fight them on your knees before temptation comes, and you will always have the victory. And the church said, amen. That's where we win. I just believe if we pray together, we win together. I believe if we pray together, we stay together. I believe if we pray together, we overcome all kind of obstacles. And here's what I want to just say, and I want the team to come, because I've gone way long. Marriage is warfare, guys. Why would Satan not want to destroy marriages? Because it's a reflection of the love of Christ. So if you're in marriage, expect war, expect joy, expect peace, and expect victory as you follow Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm grateful for this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I'm grateful for this experience today of worship, for your word, for the opportunity to gather with other believers. And Lord, I pray that you are the teacher, that you're teaching us about truth today. You're teaching us about marriage and relationships, and that we'll begin to put these ground rules into our marriage and begin to operate in them and have action and have victory in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, from this day forward, we want to love you more and we want to love our spouse that gives honor to the Father. In Jesus' name, amen.